Welcome to the Soccer Life Goals Podcast with your host, Noah Niemeyer. The soccer interview podcast with fresh content, bringing you exclusive interviews with soccer players and growing the soccer fan base around the world. Whether you call it football or soccer, be inspired and encouraged, both on and off the pitch. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Soccer Life Goals podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing Lawrence Wyke. Born in England, Lawrence Wyke spent time in the Manchester United Academy growing up before heading to America to study and play college soccer at Trinity University and Furman University. In February 2019, Wyke joined USL Championship side Atlanta United 2. After a successful first-team debut against Nashville SC in the first game of the season, Wyke was promoted to the Atlanta United FC first team on March 5, 2020. Then COVID happened. In March 2021, Wyke joined the Tampa Bay Rowdies where he played midfield and center back. An exciting announcement is coming soon about his ongoing soccer journey and young career. I had the pleasure of doing some private training with Coach Wyke and some of my teammates during this Thanksgiving break. I'm excited to share with you and hope you enjoy our conversation. But before we start, could you do me a favor by sharing this podcast with your friends and like and subscribe? And you can also find us on Instagram at the Soccer Life Goals Podcast. Thanks. What's up, Coach Wyke? Welcome to the Soccer Life Goals Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. My pleasure. It's awesome to interview the people. It's like one of my favorite things to do besides actually playing soccer. First question. So you were born in England, correct? Yeah, yes, so I was. There's so many... Uh, yeah, there's so many like good clubs there. So what was what was your favorite team and soccer player growing up and why? It's a loaded question. Uh, okay, so I grew up in Bolton. Uh, Bolton. Um, originally, when I was younger, I went to kind of Bolton uh, satellite centers, they were called Manchester United satellite centers in Man City. I ended up uh, playing for Man United Academy. And the reason I say that is that mm-hmm. was a team I supported. Um, growing up just because I was there at the same time I had to support my local club which was Bolton Wanderers my dad uh, still goes to the games right now um, and growing up favorite player I mean I grew up watching United so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a favorite player from my team growing up which was uh, Nemanja Vidic just because he was just fearless um, in the tackle in the air uh, and he was just he brought such energy to the game and that's something that I I uh, try and do you know, on the field. So he was definitely the guy I, I uh, looked at at uh, the Man United games. And then probably one of my favourite players in the world is probably Sergio Ramos, just because I like how comfortable he is on the ball. Uh, he's so composed um, and he kind of starts attacks from the back. And that's something that, you know, I like to try and do. Um, so he's definitely been an inspiration uh, to my game, along with uh, Nemanja Vidic. That's awesome. Uh, Man United have definitely been probably like one of the biggest clubs and most consistent clubs. Um, not the last couple of years, but they've been doing pretty good. But yeah, Man United's a big club. It's been a struggle for a, for a while, definitely. Yeah. yeah, last few years, but hopefully they can get it back on track. Um, what was it like playing for the Man United Academy? Uh, it was it was testing. It was it was rigorous. It was it was hard. Um, we used to train, I think, four or five times a week. 
So every day from school, we got we got off school at three thirty, and then we drove kind of forty minutes, forty five minutes to Carrington, which is the the Man United complex for training at five thirty six o'clock. Uh, the train went on for one and a half, two hours. Left at nine nine o'clock. Um, so eight o'clock, you know, depending on how long it lasted, and then uh, went home every day. So. It was an amazing experience. You know, I got coached by some amazing, the best football coach in England. Uh, you know, mm. I got to see, you know, Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, guys like that, just like in the parking lot because the first team facility was next to the academy facility. Um, so I used to see them all in the parking lot sometimes, which was surreal. Mm. Uh, and I mean, the, the, the quality of, you know, play and coaching definitely made me a lot better player than, than I, I could have been. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. That's awesome. Like just like training like alongside uh, like some of the greats in soccer history. Um, so do you have any, are there any like, players you played with that play for United now? Yeah. So there was, um, there was Scott McTominay. Uh, we were, we were teammates for what, how long was that? Nine years. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my mom showed me a video a couple of months ago of uh, him um, and a couple of other guys uh, at my, uh, birthday party my 10th birthday party so you know similar to kind of what you guys do with, uh, with your friends you know we went out we just played soccer in the back garden uh, and it, we caught it on video and it was kind of him it was uh joe riley sam hart jack harrison was there um and then a couple of other people so um yeah scott mctominay was there a really, really good lad footballer and then uh, marcus rashford played the age group up with us so he typically played kind of right wing and I played right back. So he was kind of in front of me. So it was nice and easy, made life nice and easy for me. But yeah, uh, so it was, uh, it was them two players. That's awesome. And then, uh, sorry, I forgot actually. I, I need to give credit where credit's due to the goalkeepers. Uh, Dean Henderson. The, yeah, Dean Henderson. I was, uh, he was on my team. He came at like 14, 13, 14 to United. So from Carlisle or something. So uh, yeah, I was... Uh, with him for two, three years. So, yeah, and he, he's doing pretty well now. That's awesome. So, which team was it that he plays for? It's like, uh, was it not Brentford? No. Um, it's, uh, it's not bored, but it's uh, the name's literally proceeding in my head now. Um, it's a bot bottom table team. They just came into the league. Yeah, we got Nottingham Forest. That was it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I forgot about them. Yeah, I literally couldn't remember them. For the life of me. Yeah, when I started like watching soccer, I was like, I don't know, I don't even remember. I was like, I think I was like seven. I like, I had no idea. I was like, wait, how is this team in the Premier League? I've never heard of them. And then how's this team not in the Premier League anymore? I, I didn't know about the promotion and relegation. So, how are youth soccer academies like overseas different than here in the U.S.? Couldn't. I couldn't give you a good a good read on that because I've never been in the academy of it. Um, from the outlook, I think you guys train pretty similarly on a schedule as, as opposed to training at Man United. I mean, kids pretty much train five times a week over here. I would just say it's a technical element, probably. For me, I don't think there's much emphasis on technical element over here in comparison to England. I think that a lot of clubs over here uh, focus more on results uh, rather than development. And uh, we basically, or well, we did skills for 30 minutes before every practice. 
And when uh, before practice happened, we you know we were meant to be in there 15, 20, 30 minutes before working on our craft. So they took notes and encouraged us to arrive early, go into the indoor training facility, which is kind of a big astroturf field. And we just kind of practiced our footwork, our skills, our passing, you know. Some guys shot on goal, but, you know, that was definitely discouraged. Uh, and we just kind of worked on worked on the skills that Canada had given us. And everyone is so technical now in England because of that. Uh, and I think that's probably the big difference. What did you do to get, like, an offer from overseas to play here in the U.S.? Okay, that's a good question. Um, so I got released from Man United at 16. At 16, I decided that I wanted to get my education in. I didn't just want to go and play pro for, you know, Rochdale on a youth team scholarship, it's called. Um, so I went to get my education and then maybe see where I was at 18. Anyway, I went to um, Repton and there was a kind of a partnership with Derby County FC. Um, and I went to Derby County on trial, did decently well, yeah. And then I had got stress fracture my back. So anyway, all that stops. I wasn't able to go to Derby or Burton and kind of pursue a youth team scholarship and get my academics uh, at the same time. So that didn't work out. I was injured for the full year. So then when I was in my senior year of high school, that would be the translation to over here, I uh, had a good year, um, scored a couple of goals and uh, decided that I wanted to continue my education. The biggest thing for me is I wanted to continue my football because I had a really good year and I was like, okay, maybe I could actually do this. Um, so I decided that America was definitely the best place for that. Uh, and basically I moved over to the US in 2016 to Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas. Um, basically, there was an agency in England that had a connection with uh, Paul McGinley. So they just connected us both. And from there, I kind of just took the leap and, and went over there. Yeah, so tell us about your journey in the U.S., like what clubs you played for. First team was Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas. That was that was a Division three school, actually. Uh, when I came over, I went to school that was academic. Uh, I didn't really feel Division two schools um, were that, so I avoided Division two. I was speaking to a couple of Division one schools like uh, Georgia State, Clemson, uh, Radford, uh, there was a bunch like that. But anyway, none of them wanted to give me the financial needs that I needed. So from their uh, school in Division Three, which is actually surprising because they can't offer athletic scholarships, it's just academic. They offered me a, a scholarship, a really good one. So I went and took it because it was a really good school and the soccer program was number one in the country for Division Three. So I went there, enjoyed it, played centre-back because uh, I couldn't play centre-mid in the heat. It was ridiculous. Uh, and then from there, I uh, transferred to Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I'm sure you probably know players like uh, Walker Zimmerman. Oh, he goes to Furman. He went to Furman. And Clint Dempsey also went to Furman. Um, Shea Salinas also went to Furman. He, he plays for the Earthquakes uh, in San Jose. Uh, and there's a, there's a load of other players, really good players and current professionals that went there. So I enjoyed it there. I enjoyed my time two years. I wasn't really sure at that point what I was going to do. I was just thinking, you know, I'm going to go to Furman and, you know, I'm going to try and do as good as I can and try and, you know, be, be a good player in Division 1. Because I was thinking, you know, I'm making the jump from Division 3 to Division 1. How am I going to match up? You know, you always have doubts. Anyway, so I played my first year as a junior and I got uh, Conference Player of the Year, uh, which, you know, kind of shocked 
uh, the league and kind of shot myself a little bit too. Uh, and then from there, I went to my senior year thinking, you know, um, definitely got an opportunity to play professional here uh, and kind of get back on track from where I was at Man United, you know, because I took a little bit of a hiatus. Senior year goes well at Furman. I go to Atlanta United too for a trial because I heard about it through one of my friends who's from Atlanta, Danny Kirath. Um, so he couldn't go in the end. So I, I went anyway, went to Atlanta United too, and basically went there for two days. And then as I was leaving on the second day, they'd already called my college coach. And from that, they had already offered me a contract to sign with the second team, which is in the USL Championship. Um, from there, I was kind of like, okay, that's probably a great route to go. I'm not sure as an international player what the, the MLS Super Draft will be for me. You know, now more and more the MLS Super Draft, less players are, are be, you know, going MLS. So I took that option. I took the ATL2 contract after thinking about a few things. And then I went to Atlanta 2, uh, USL Championship. I uh, did well there. Was I sent it back there, uh, led the team in statistics defensively. Uh, and then from there, Frank DeBall was the first team coach at Atlanta United. I'm sure you've heard of him. Uh, he had a great career. And he was actually recently the head coach of the Netherlands. But I'm sure the Americans don't really want me mentioning them right now. Um, so from there, I uh, signed for the first team. Uh, Frank DeBoer really liked me, which was which was really pleasing to hear uh, from a guy of his calibre. Uh, signed for the first team, made my debut in front of 72,000 at the Titan Stadium, and then came back to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and made my home debut in front of 74,000. Uh, and kind of there, you know, my career kind of changed. I was like, okay. Here we are, but in my home opener, I actually got a concussion. Uh, I bumped heads with Lacardia on FC Cincinnati, and then COVID hit. So that kind of killed me off a little bit, um, as we had a couple injuries in the team, so there was opportunity for me to play. I was hoping I would be ready to play Club America uh, in, the, in the CONCACAF Champions League, uh, but unfortunately, I couldn't play that game, so... Uh, after COVID, uh, a lot of things had come back to normal. A lot of players had come fit, so it was very hard to break into the back into the team, you know, and establish uh, some consistency, you know, and some uh, trust from the manager. That's massively important in football. Uh, so from there, I was international still. Didn't have my green card. Didn't have anything. So I counted towards the roster spots. Um, there's only seven international roster spots on the team. You know, it's a lot harder, as you can imagine, to be an international team, especially considering the internationals are probably and usually the best players on the team and the highest value players on the team. So I got released uh, in December 2020. And from there, I wasn't I was trying to stay in MLS and it didn't work out. So last minute I took a deal to play for the Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, in March 2021 uh, because Neil Collins was the head coach there uh, and he's been a fantastic player and a proven coach. Uh, and I knew that being there and the best team in the USL under him would definitely help and propel me, hopefully back to the MLS. Mm, that's uh, an awesome journey. Yeah. So uh, two years at Tampa, here we are got some exciting news in a couple of weeks to share with people so uh yeah um that's that's the journey so far that's really cool and you probably have a lot a lot left in that journey hope so i hope so yeah I mean, I've worked, worked so hard and now i finally got my green card and you know now i've got 100 professional games under my belt so gotta keep working a lot harder uh, and then hopefully you know i can continue to, to have a career that's awesome so what's a big challenge in your career and how'd you overcome it a big challenge this year? Or in your career? 
Oh, in my career, big challenge. That's a good question. My biggest one was probably my stress fracture I had uh, when I was 17 because that was a breaking point uh, for me. Um, you know, I had a pars lumbar stress fracture on L5 in my lower back uh, and the injury time was, you know, four, five, six months in the end. Uh, easily from that, you know, I could have decided to just go the route of playing, you know, college football in England and normal university, you know, and just, just pack my bags up and got into business. I actually had applied to colleges because you apply in your junior year. So as I had my stretch fracture, I was actually applying to colleges in the UK, you know, basically about to retire from football. Um, anyway, I kind of decided, no, I'm not going to do it. It hit me, you know, like, no, I've got, I feel like I've got a lot more in me. Uh, so from that, I kind of overcame my injury, got back to full strength and then uh, smashed my senior year of high school um, at Repton. So that was probably a, a, a altering point in my career and something that I'm definitely uh, thankful that I, that I carried on and I persevered. Mm, that's awesome. Our podcast is about like setting goals, like setting goals for your future. Um, so what's a goal you're working on right now? A goal I'm working on right now is to in the next team I'm in the next team I'm in to be ambiguous because it's not been released. In the next team I'm in, I want to establish myself as a consistent uh, contributor in every game. So whether I'm starting, whether I'm on the bench, I want to be playing in every game and contributing to the team's win. That's my goal next year. To achieve that, what I'm doing now is, as I mentioned before when we were chatting, you know, I just did yoga. Uh, I'm training every day. I'm lifting weights and doing conditioning every day. And I'm kind of reviewing my game clips from this year. You know, what can I do better? Um, and from that, if I come into the preseason flying, uh, then I'm sure uh, I can impress the the manager, you know, and uh, put myself in a good position. I always like setting goals. Like, um, they just like help. It's like a kind of like a checklist, I guess. So, like, you know what you're going to do next. Like, what's what, what's one of your goals? Well, um, just to be like get higher ranked and just to develop more as a player and play against some tough teams. Yeah. Like, and do how, do you, how do you set that goal setting? How do you uh, use smart goal setting? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Last question before we wrap it up. So what advice would you give your 12-year-old self as a soccer player? The advice I'd give um to myself as a 12 year old soccer player is to focus on the things that are your weaknesses a lot so the reason what i was going to say to begin with is focus on the things that you don't want to because i, I see a lot of players in in america they want to focus on shooting they go out and just shoot the ball in there and they're already good at shooting they're already putting it in the corners what are you not good at what do you not practice often what do you need to work on uh, be open and honest with yourself. Um, and if you work hard at the things that you're not good at now, then that will set you up for success and it will make you a versatile player with with a lot of techniques in, in your skill set, in your locker. What makes players, especially in the US leagues, excel is versatility. If you are good in many areas, if you are solid all around as a footballer, that will give you so many opportunities and even not at that level, even in your local team, even in your, you know, your high school team, your middle school team, whatever it is, if you focus on the things that you're not good at, make yourself a well-rounded player. Uh, like I mentioned at Manchester United before, all the skills we did. You know, I wasn't very good at skills, but we did it. That will give you the opportunity 
to play different positions, to be good at different positions, to be versatile, to work your way into teams and, and to show that you can do it all. And that would massively impact young players if they just focus on things that they maybe don't want to, they maybe think is not as fun. Uh, to do but it's definitely even more important than uh, you know just kicking the ball at the goal or doing things that you like to do that's great advice well thank you again for coming on to the soccer life goals podcast remember go through life with goals thank you no i appreciate you having me thank you for listening to the soccer life goals podcast we appreciate your support please do us a favor by subscribing leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Let's grow soccer around the world and go through life with goals. Let's go!